0: We are back, the Dudes of Davey, Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. It hasn't been too long, but we are really excited for this episode. We have a special guest today. I'm with my co-host, Lonnie Greenberg, as always. And today we have the, the pleasure of welcoming Matt Pearl to the podcast. Matt, I'd be lying if I didn't say, we've been trying to get you on this thing for a little while now, but we figured that the NBA Finals and then the NBA Draft would probably be the two best carrots we could use to get you to come on and share some, uh, some NBA both postseason wisdom and maybe some future predictions for how this draft is going to shake out on Thursday. But welcome to
1: the pod.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we appreciate that. Let, let me just tell you, I've watched several drafts with Matt, and I'm always beyond impressed by his, his depth of knowledge. So he's going to drop some, some knowledge on all of you today, and we're excited to hear his takes on free agency, the NBA draft. And, of course, the Miami Heat, uh, who, are, who are absolutely in the mix for anything going forward, as we saw this past season. So, let, let's actually start out talking about how the season ended for the Heat and the Nuggets. Obviously, the Nuggets won the NBA title. They were unbelievable. Um, and the whole world got to see Jokic, who is, uh, you know, something beyond special. So, Matt, wh- what do you think in terms of the Heat, in terms of what they were missing to get past Denver, well,
2: I think the Heat, like most teams, are missing quite a bit. I think the Nuggets are just kind of the perfectly constructed roster right now, and, and there, I don't think there's another team in the league that is as well put together. I mean, you have other teams with the same, you know, or close to the same top end talent, but I don't know that you have another team that it, where the pieces complement each other as well as they do. They have length and shooting at every position. You know, even their weakest defenders are, you know, no, they're not easy to target. You know, you watch Jimmy try and and make those switches, you know, onto Jamal Murray for an entire series. And it's not like you saw Jimmy Butler go off for 50, you know, injury. I was just about to say, do do we think that Jimmy... Notwithstanding, you know, an ankle that may have been tweaked, he wasn't making any excuses. So I think, you know, the heat, they look, size was an issue for them throughout, they need... Length is going to be an issue. They were given up right. three, four inches at every position. Right. The, and the Nuggets are starting three guys who were taller than Bam. You, right, you right. noticed that right away
0: in game one.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and look, Jokic is flawless. I mean, literally flawless. And he mm-hmm. creates so many open shots for guys, like really quality shots. And Jamal Murray played, you know, Jamal Murray is at the level of Jimmy. So, And they also have a guy better <laughs> than Jimmy. Um, and then the role players. I, I was really impressed by, you know, Brown, uh, I guess both Browns. Um, I mean they they all played great so yeah I mean I, it might be less of what the Heat are missing and how well the mm-hmm. Nuggets were but but still I mean look there's now one team at the top and everyone's going to try to get there like what what do the Heat need to do in free agency because look a lot of this pod's going to be about free agency and the Heat are at the center of a lot of these because uh, they do have a lot of assets and they're, they're maybe a step a step or two away from this
2: I think that the new CBA is really kind of dictating what's going on, and even mm-hmm. though it's going to be scaled in over the next couple of seasons, when you look at long-term money, you know the Suns just pushed through the second apron. There's no way out for them. So nope. this is championship or right. bust, right? Right, Quite literally, as they have no first-round picks, they don't own the rights to any swaps. <laughs> They've given up, I think, four or five second-round picks now in this latest deal to get Do, Beal. Will
0: they? Will they move Ayton?
2: I think that they, if they can, they should move Aiton for multiple pieces, right? right? That, you right. want to take a da- step down to another rim-running center, and then you're going to need a point guard. You're going to need somebody who can carry the ball. You're going to need a couple of wing defenders because Beal isn't a plus defender. No. You know, it puts a lot of onus on Durant. You're going to have Booker probably running the point <laughs> at this point. We right talked about now. that this weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, and we... I, like every Heat fan, was sitting there watching, you know, waiting for the Woj bomb to see Bradley Beal coming to Miami. That's been rumored for would how you many have, years. Would you have wanted that? At the price, I think you have to take the shot, but I'm not overly disappointed. If it right. was going to cost, the you know, Lowry and right. Duncan or Lowry and Oladipo and, you know... Picks. The, the 18 pick. Right. Okay. Right. But I think that, you know... I'm not sure it puts you over the top. It certainly makes you more competitive. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but I'm not sure it fixes all of the issues on the Heat's roster.
1: Right, and he hasn't proven himself outside of being just an incredible scorer, which he is. He's a great scorer.
2: Yeah, but even that, you know, you look at the past couple of years, it's been a couple of years since he scored 30 a game. Yes, yes, it has, Matt. Right, Lonnie? Right. right, Lon. Right.
1: Okay, so, so we we had this debate, and then we actually looked up the stats because there's no I don't know anymore with the internet. And, yeah, I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't scored. He had two seasons where he was scoring over 30. He was the league's leading scorer a couple of years ago. But, yeah, recently he hasn't played that many games.
0: Listen, to Beal's credit, he was able to stay with the same team since, you know, since inception. He got the max contract. He then put a no-trade clause in that contract. And then he had a choice between two teams that he wanted to go to, and he chose the team he went to, and the team in return got almost nothing. So Well,
2: well they got out of his $250 million that, 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 contract. But, they, but, but
0: they got no, really like almost no players and maybe one or two, like, second-round picks?
2: No, they're, they're a year too late. Yeah. You know, probably yeah, probably three years too late to maximize what they could have gotten right. for him, but certainly a year too late. Certainly
0: year right.
2: You know, once, once they gave him the extension with right. the trade clause, this was the logical conclusion to that. So
0: now you're the Heat. You know, you, you, you take a step back. You're excited about the season you just had. You look forward to the future. But then you look at your roster, and you have some unrestricted free agents that played a key role in this run. So I'm curious, you know, what are your thoughts on what the Heat are going to do this off season, And, you know, what are they thinking right now as they head into the draft on Thursday?
2: I don't know. You have a lot of Dame rumors. I mean, that's, right. that's the top of the wish list, obviously. Do you, uh, would you want Dame? I mean, obviously,
1: yes, we want Dame. But we, what do we have to give up for him, right. right? Like, that's, that's obviously the question.
2: I think Dame's one of the guys you give up the house for. If you're pushing all in yeah. for somebody then he's at the level of guy that you push all in for. So, so the right. question
0: becomes, is the trade constructed around Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Picks?
1: You might have to give more than that.
0: Or uh, it, could be, it could be Lowry, Robinson, Hero, and Picks. What are, we, what are we talking about? Is it a sign-in trade with potentially Struess or Vincent?
2: Well, I think it depends on timing is everything now. So if, if you're talking, you have until July 1st, to do your 125% of the matching the salary gap after July 1st shrinks to 110%. Right. So what what's it going to take to make those numbers match up? And are there any other pieces from Portland? Because assuming Portland's letting go of Dame, they're looking to burn it down altogether, I imagine. Right. And really push for a youth movement. And is there any room at that point right. to expand the trade and maybe – poach somebody else along with it. Who would you want to grab? Oh, I mean, obviously, if you could, you'd want to sign and trade with Jeremy Grant. You can load up on both positions, and you're good to go. I
0: mean, Grant would be an incredible add for the Heat.
2: That's
1: that's an amazing move. I didn't even think about that.
2: But, you know, uh, the transaction gets more and more complicated. You know, when you're looking at the long-term money and what the implications are going to be a year or two out, Grant's going to require the extension. Dame's... You know, going to be making 50 something million dollars. Crazy amount. You know, for the next couple of years. So you're at the second, that you'd be the sons at the second apron. Quickly. Locked in with Uh, nowhere to go. Yeah. If you go down that road. So I think it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks. I think you're going to see who's really in it for the, you know, to win it over the next season or two. Yep. Because you can't really half ass it anymore. It's either you're going to push in, you're going to have, it's going to take a lot to beat the nuggets i don't think phoenix i would still pick denver over phoenix now
0: we were curious about what your thought would be on that
2: yeah i mean we'll see how denver's able to hold the rest of the you know those ancillary pieces bruce brown
0: well brown's got a player option
2: He's, but you know but he should opt in i think mike,
0: i think mike malone basically put him on 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 at that ceremony at the parade, he basically said, you're in too, right? So it'd be an interesting position for him.
1: He's on the spot. Now. He's on the spot. He's staying. That's <laughs> it. It's over. Yeah,
2: you know, I mean, he could pick up his option and then, you know, with a wink-wink deal to pay him more mm-hmm. next year. Right. You know, with Lilbert. Right. But uh, I don't think anybody, with the pieces that are out there now that are available, even if Dame makes a jump, you know, if he makes a jump to Brooklyn, are they going to be? If they no. throw all their picks in, they're not. You know, no. they're what a four seed, a five seed in the, best, in the East at best. Yeah, you know? in the East, right? You know, right. so I, I just can't see anybody toppling Denver in hmm. the next season or two if they if they're able to hold it together. But and look, stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy. That's it. And that's big. You know, it's not. you know, Jamal Murray's missed a bunch of time yeah like came back healthy and I, and I loved his game beforehand. when you watched him in the bubble. so, so did we. it's he's a great, he was amazing. He's
1: a great clutch performer. He plays the game right. Obviously, Jokic makes his life easier, just like everyone else's. he's he's amazing. I, I love him. Uh, but yeah, I mean it, it all comes down to those two guys. You have to they need some role players, right? obviously, and they have good role players who play defense, play hard. but I mean, God, every shot was a wide-open shot, too, f- for Denver, as long as you have that guy right there. It's like, it's crazy. Well, but the Heat could have competed in a couple spots. I don't think they would have won the series, but they could have made it a little tighter in different spots where they kind of gave games away. So there's an opening to beat Denver, I think, it, but it's going to take better defense, interior defense.
0: And, and much better three-point shooting. Yeah,
2: I mean, you watch the Heat, they were on fire. Right. And then they weren't. Right, then right. they weren't, right. So, <laughs> right, if <laughs> right. they played it's that... A make or miss league and...
1: Right, the way they played against Milwaukee and, and you know the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they would have had a, a shot.
0: But, I, I, I think Lonnie was very optimistic about the Heat heading into the Finals because their three-point shooting was tremendous, actually, in the first couple rounds, right? I think it, it, it tailed off against the Knicks. It, it got better against the Celtics. It was great against the Bucks. What was It was great
1: great for three games against the Celtics.
0: But then I think it went down to like... I think they shot 17 or 21% from three.
1: Yeah, no, it was bad. And Jimmy was hurt, too. Jimmy was definitely hurt. He won't say it, but he was. So, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot that could happen. Do you think Tyler Hero is like the biggest piece for the Heat to dangle?
2: You know, I was listening earlier to uh, one of the uh, Bobby Marks, and they were talking about what's the Heat's best asset. And... It was agreed, Caleb Martin. Wow, for contract really? and, for contracting value, hmm. seven million bucks for somebody who, with that skill set. Right, for, you know. How many years he left? Be at the top. Well, he's got one year left in a player option, but if you can nab him uh, this year at seven mil and then you get his bird rights, that's pretty valuable. It's so, very valuable. You know, I like Tyler. I think Tyler's game still has room to grow. He's so young. He is. You know, he, he totally been So young. He's been, you know, scored 20 points a game.
1: And he's played in big games. It's not like he has. He
2: doesn't shrink from the moment. No, he doesn't. You know, uh, so I think I'm higher on him. I know, you know, people looked at the Heat's run and he wasn't really a part of it. When well, you say wasn't
0: a part of it, you mean like didn't he play? didn't play. Right. Okay. I just yeah. want to.
2: No,
1: but, but, I mean, look, he does have a big contract. That's also, you know, the value of him versus contract. It's, it's, it's a so so. You have to be a real believer in him.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think he's a negative asset. I think you look at other guys, you know, a year ago people would have looked at him and Jordan Poole and been, Oh, so there there might have been people after the Golden right. State mm-hmm. run and said, Well, Jordan Poole, like that's the guy. And right. I would take Tyler Hero ten out of ten times.
1: Right. We were also saying, like, look, I think Tyler Hero is is a great player. He doesn't shrink from the moment. That's those are the kind of guys the Heat want. They don't want just like talented players. They want, you know, between the ears, you know, they're part of the system. And they're confident in the key moments. But I mean, really, the question is you know, who we have so many assets now, right? It's like, like you just said, they could probably package a few guys who had really key roles in the playoffs for a major name now, don't you think?
2: Well, you got to look at the name. What's the name? Right. You know? Right, right. So, so how
1: about this one? How about
0: Bam Adebayo? to the Blazers for the number for the third pick for Simons for Shaden Sharp and a couple picks.
2: Are we rebuilding? I'm
0: right. just asking.
2: Uh, there's zero chance the Heat are going in that direction. They're not tearing it down.
1: No. No, I, I, no I, agree. I agree. I agree. I th- that That's just adding assets. Because
2: What are you trading Jimmy for right after that? Because that's that's going to be what happens if right. you trade right. for a bunch of rookies. Right
1: right right so
2: and you know riley had his press conference today nice no, i, they, saw, I they, saw it they're I not saw it. they're not taking a wrecking nope. ball to it that no. was the quote of the day so yeah. they're but, gonna try and make some moves to try and make edges. some moves yeah but they're always looking for the next big thing the heat have never been the team to trade the guy for pieces that has n- i can't remember a single trade where they moved the guy for the pieces or draft picks that's that is not their move
0: so i but doesn't but
1: they, they, they homegrown their role players. right but
0: doesn't that mean that it's gonna be very hard to trade lillard trade for lillard
2: uh, i think lillard will determine his own destiny like if he wants to go i think he put in the equity there but unlike beal they don't have to do what he wants to do correct if so if they decide they want to burn it down and they want you know Ten draft picks. They right. They can send him to Brooklyn. They can send him to New Orleans right. and recreate the Blazers, have him play with CJ McCollum again. Oh God.
1: Uh, oh
2: God.
0: You know what? That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. Second round loss. Right. So.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see if Zion's still on the.
0: Do you think Zion's list. in the NBA in three years?
2: Oh, sure. You do. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be tough to to dump out of him. I mean, they, I know his. I haven't seen his contract, but I know his contract has some injury protections. It does. Um, I don't know what it takes to invoke those, though. And there have been players who have been put out, you know, who have not been thrilled, and that turns into fights. You know, when you try and force a medical retirement or something like that. You, you know, Chris Bosh is lifelong. But that you, was a contentious.
0: Do you think Zion needs? A, do you think Zion needs another city now? Oh yes. Okay. Oh, hundred percent. Do you think it happens before Thursday's draft?
1: Or or be before the video comes out?
0: I kind, of, I kind of want to see the video. No, I
1: don't want to see the video. I'm not sure. I'm depends. Not inter- I definitely don't I, want to see I, the video. I have no interest in seeing
2: the video.
0: It depends on the angle. Correct. <laughs> yep, exactly.
2: Sure. I don't know. I think it would be really interesting to see. I mean, you know, I, obviously, they, the, it, the word's out that they would love to get Scoot. Um, I think it only happens, though, if you're Charlotte, because with Portland's history, You know, what do you mean, Sam Bowie and Greg Oden? God, Brandon Roy. Like, my gosh, do they bet their future on someone else who hasn't been able to stay on the floor? I can't see it happening. My goodness, no, Um, no. You know, Charlotte wants to put some butts in seats. Then you know, with a new ownership. Well, you know, new controlling ownership. Then that might be something. Right.
1: I mean, I think that's a a really interesting point that's not talked about as much is that there's obviously – I think every owner wants to make their team better. However, there is an aspect of who's really liked, who will sell merchandise to, which Mm. we were talking about with Tyler Hero. It's like I think Tyler Hero is a very good player, but like kids love Tyler Hero, like like he's the best player in the NBA. It's like his value is actually really, really high for a trade, not to go back and forth. But like that, that's an interesting point. Obviously, Zion is like, you know, Zion plays one game, and like everyone wants to go to that game, right? Because he could do anything. But that's an interesting point, like in terms of like just filling seats. It's a business, and you you you, you kind of hedge yourself because you know you're gonna you're gonna make money for him just even playing a little bit and being on the team. But then the question is like, can he stay and actually add real value to you well, for the long term and be dependable?
2: I mean, twenty five games a year on average isn't isn't a Great no, sign. no, no!
1: It's it's not a great resume. No.
2: And where would you like to see him? You know, if he's going to relocate, where do you want to see him go? You want to see him go to New York? I mean, I know I, as I, a, as I, a I, diehard Nick fan. What, what does my co-host you're, think you're, about that? As a
0: diehard Nick fan, I, I want to stay away from that grenade. He's a grenade. And he's proven nothing.
2: What you're going to have to give up to get a guy like him? One from you know, for the money because he got the he got the contract. He yeah, got he got five
0: years, one ninety.
2: You know, so you're matching max money to get him over. Mm-hmm. And with the draft equity, I'm sure it would require on top of that.
1: But he, but he probably does. Like,
2: but it's a lottery ticket. Right. Correct. That's, it's a lottery ticket. But do you, It's
1: you, a lottery ticket, but I think you get paid for it a little bit for a little while. And, Even just with him on the team, you still sell jerseys.
0: And are you buying low right now? Of I course. feel like it's the lowest it's been.
2: Oh, you're definitely buying low. So the
0: question becomes when you call, it's David Griffin, right? Of the Pelicans now, mm-hmm. if you call David, mm-hmm. who's had great moments and some not so great moments, I think his, it's a mixed bag, okay? But if you call him right now and say, listen, I'm going to take this enormous problem off of your hands. But but for, in any end, you don't want him to play for your team anymore, and he doesn't want to play for your team anymore, and everybody knows that. So for that, we'll take the contract, okay? We'll give you, you know, a couple role players, a couple picks, but this is by nowhere going to be a premium package. If you're David Griffin right now, what's your option?
2: I think you're going to need to sell a package to the fan base and I don't think you can let him go uh, for a song. I agree. Uh, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Like if you were, could, if you could sell the number two pick or the number three pick, if you were going to get, if it's scoot right. like you're selling hope there. Correct. If you're, if you are moving him for a package of guys that are supposed to complement CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram for a second round playoff run, I, I, I think that's a much harder sell. I think they'd rather ride it out and do you frost your fingers.
0: It's
1: interesting. Yeah, no. And I he mean, just look. stays in New Orleans. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think they're they're destined for a divorce at some point. Right. But, but can you sell at the absolute bottom? Look, they have a bunch of draft equity. They so they, have, they have
0: a ton of picks from the Lakers.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know that that moves the needle. They may. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Unless it's, look. You have, like, a top three here in this particular draft where you're you're essentially trading for the person, not the distant pick in the future, this, you know, faceless pick. You're, you, you've you picked your guy. Right. And you can sell that. If it's another, you know, pick that could be in the 20s that you're sticking in the queue, right? that's a much tougher sell. So I don't see that.
1: Right, okay. exactly. And Zion wasn't drafted that long ago. So it's almost like you're trading, like, okay, he was the number one pick, but we're getting a really good, like, Probably a number one pick if we don't have in the, any other year. Yeah, except for Victor, right? So like, it's an interesting sell, right? To like kind of cut your losses and move on, but that that's going to be really interesting. It's, cr- it's crazy what, to what think about
0: Zion, Zion, Morant, and RJ. Those are, those th- those are the okay. first three picks that year.
1: So much of it goes into like who these guys are between the years. It's like it's amazing, but it's so hard. But like we were talking about this, like let's say you're a GM in like the f- who who had the first pick, second pick that year. And you're like, you know what? I, I don't know if Zion, you know, is that is that mentally tough? If he's gonna have issues, like you can't not draft him. That's the problem, right? So it's like it becomes a there's only like three guys in sports that couldn't like it's like, Belichick, Popovich, they're the only guys who could be like, yeah, I don't I don't like this guy, even though you think he's the number one pick. It's like it becomes very hard, right? Like the Spurs have to pick Web and Yam. I think obviously they would, but it's like, is there a reason that you wouldn't pick him? No. Right, okay. Right. And
2: and it is incredibly hard to sell. And you can you can look at the Heat's own history. Right. When you look back at the Michael Beasley draft, right? So the Heat end up with the second pick. It was so obvious that they did not want to take Michael Beasley.
1: Right. Right.
2: Right? It was. But couldn't find a deal to move back to take any one of the other choices. Now I'm not I mean, the rumor was at the time that they liked OJ Mayo and it's not like that turned out much better. It did not, right. But right. <laughs> right. You know, it could have been in Kevin Love, it could have been Russell Westbrook, it could, you know... Your favorite, <laughs>
0: Lonnie loves Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. would have yeah. been amazing.
2: So, <laughs> you know, and Westbrook from a personality or disposition standpoint, I mean, that, that would have been about as heat as you would have gotten back in the day. Right, right. So, Back in the day, for sure. Yeah, you know, it would have been interesting, but I think that there is, a, there's... What I find so interesting about the draft and one of the things that I love, it's like my favorite day of the year, Um there, there be, there's this level of group think often you know everyone every gm is looking at the same mock drafts the same right. articles and there's a level of influence to that and i think it's easier the lower you get to reach for your guy and you know sometimes it pays off james jones drafted cam johnson right you know, in the top 10 right. and nobody had him there but he saw something he liked and it ended up panning out that was fine but it takes a lot of guts and it takes Job security. Oh, it takes a lot of job security. <laughs> no, it takes cash to be <laughs> to able to be do willing, some of these things. To yeah. be willing to make that move. And I think when you have a consensus, you know, Zion was, you know, probably, you know, outside of LeBron, when Banyama, you look at guys who were projected to go number one over the last 20 years. And, I mean, outside of like two or three guys, he had to be – yeah, the most consensus number one pick. Like maybe there were a few guys who yeah, liked job, but there was nobody who was taking that. No. Like everybody was taking. Them. Oh no, no, no. he I was mean,
1: in the LeBron Shack yeah. category. I
0: yeah. I mean, you remember the video of the New Orleans Pelicans room when they got the number one pick? Before they selected Zion, it was just getting the number one pick, knowing of they course. were getting Zion. They went crazy. There was like fifty people. Like looked like they just you know were celebrating New Year's Eve.
1: But there's no one who couldn't pick him, and for him to actually, if he was even half as good as they expected, you'd lose your job forever. You'd Like, you'd never be back in the NBA if you didn't pick him. That's that's a hard thing, even if you did see a little bit of personality stuff.
0: And as a diehard Knicks fan, I was legitimately... I mean, I was never more devastated than when we got the, I think, eighth selection and the Warriors picked seventh and they grabbed Curry. So I started crying at the bar, but that's a separate conversation. <laughs> but when we got the third pick instead <laughs> of the second pick, and all I wanted was John Moran... Because the Knicks haven't had a point guard in 20, almost twenty years, that was the second most devastated I was.
1: Yeah, but jo- John New York, that would have been amazing.
0: I mean, what do you think happens to John ja at this point, Matt? I mean, he's got—we all know what he can do, and, he, and he's proven it on the big stage. Like he can really play, but obviously he's twenty-three years old, and he's—he just got—he just received a major suspension.
2: I, look, I root for kids like that. I—you I, want them to get it straight. You hope that you know they get the the right influences around them and the right you know, organizational structure. There were a lot of comments after the first thing coming out of, you know, the Grizzlies, we're going to tighten up the ship. This is, you know, we're not, we're going to stop some of this behavior and we're going to see how it goes. You know, I I think you need a UD in every locker room. hundred uh, percent agree. I think you need a UD in every locker room. That's they, what I think.
0: They said that it was, um, who is the uh, Australian big white guy on, on Memphis? Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams. They said that it was him. And that when Steven Adams got hurt and, you know, he got hurt, hurt and was away from the team, they said you saw the lack of maturity come to the surface more significantly. So to your point, you know, every locker room needs a a Udonis Haslam. I think every team in the NBA has to have one or two guys that can just preach and, and truthfully teach from their mistakes and demonstrate, you know, how you act as a professional.
2: Look, and I know the league does a lot more now for the kids when they come out than they did twenty years ago, you know. No doubt, but still, you're, you're a kid. You've got 150 million dollars. <laughs> you're a celebrity. You can do whatever you want, and you know if if people were judging me on every decision I made when I was 22 years old, I'm,
1: you might not,
0: I, not even be on the pod, uh, right? Exactly. Very See? true. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Imagine that. Uh, I'm from Philadelphia this situation reminds me very much of Allen Iverson, a young Allen Iverson. Just, just also in the way they play and, you know, there were situations with guns. There was all types of stuff with Iverson. And I feel like he, I don't think he completely got over the hurdle. He, he has now, you know, in his later years, but like he, he did need some help. I do think Larry Brown was helpful to a degree. I do think some of the players on that Sixers team were helpful to get him back into the mix um, of being just, you know, accountable to a degree, maybe, maybe not with practice and some of the other things, but um, he he does have youth on his side. He does have a lot more maturing to do, clearly. But I think I think he will figure it out. Obviously, root for him. But yeah, I mean, it, it just it just it just reminds me so much of that.
2: Yeah, I think the league's also a lot more image conscious. You go back, and there were suspensions for guys who had brandished guns in public that were far shorter. Mm-hmm. now you know guys who got seven games eight games 10 years ago where there were real incidents right and now you know this was instagram and i understand wanting to make message you know but right i think this was this would not have happened had he not just had this conversation a few months ago well uh,
0: apparently i mean adam silver said that as much as in the statement which was you know our conversation i thought was so productive and you know we talked about so many different things, for, and it wasn't like a twenty-minute conversation. No. They, supposedly they spent hours. So apparently, Adam Silver was like, "I have no choice, right? I literally have no choice." And the joke was that if David Stern was still the commissioner, that it would have been a year.
2: Yeah, I think it, you couldn't say that you couldn't have that conversation, make those type of representations, to David not to Stern, David, right, and then <laughs> turn around a few months later, the the no. outcome would have been far more severe.
1: Yeah. For sure. No, no, no doubt about it. I mean. <laughs> Uh, what's it called? The Detroit, the Palace incident. M- that, that's where Palace. you saw David Stern come down like yeah, no other. I
0: mean, he, changed, he changed the season for yeah. two different teams.
1: Yeah, you started to see it as he got a little later in his career. He really came down hard on guys. So, you know, look, Adam Silver, I think Adam Silver's done a good job generally. But yeah, I mean, he, he had no choice but to, to do what he did. But I think David Stern would have come down with at least half a season. But anyway, so what, what other big moves could I mean, possibly happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Matt, you, you know, we have you on here for the first time and we're excited to have you. But more importantly, you mentioned that Thursday is potentially your favorite day of the year. Favorite day of the year. So why don't we give you, you know, an open mic right now to talk a little bit about, you know, what do you think is going to happen on Thursday? How about a couple surprises and a couple things that you'd love to just throw out there that we could kick around?
1: I, I kind of want to start real quick. Uh, obviously, right at the top, and then I'll, Matt, you just go. Just, just drop knowledge. But Victor Webinyama, clearly he's going to be picked by the Spurs. Um, Popovich is the coach, which I think is a great spot for him to be. It's
0: weird. Another big man at San Antonio. It's right, weird.
1: exactly. Is there any <laughs> – this sounds like a crazy question. 7'5", skinny. This is the NBA. Is there any reason to be concerned about him?
2: Well, of course, there's reason to be concerned. Guys, his size have not historically, you know, been right. able to hold up. Right. But Sean Bradley, you go yeah. back to the conversation we had just a moment ago, and there's nobody who's not picking him. Right. No, you can't. There's right. No circumstance. It's impossible. You know, even Pop has to pick him. Yeah, no. You. You. And there's been plenty of reporting about teams reaching out. Hey, would you under any circumstances? The answer is no. No. Right. The right. answer is just no. Right. So. Would it
0: be? Would it? Would it be your no? If you were a GM?
2: I can't think of what a package would look like for something like that. What do you need to get? Is somebody offering you Luca? Is mm. Dallas calling you with Luca? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can start to have a conversation, maybe. Right, right. right. But y- I think, A young superstar. Right. Yeah, I mean, right, that That's what you're looking at. You know, when you look at the guy, the young superstars for the last couple of years, and a couple of them are dinged up. We just talked about Joe. Ch- we just talked Chet about Hol- Zion. Chet Holmgren. We just, you know. Chet Holmgren would not move the needle in that nope. regard. No, nope. no, no. So, now I can't imagine that there would be anything that the Spurs would consider. You don't, you know, if you, you can look at LeBron's draft, right? Mm-hmm. And you had Hall of Famers. And then, you know, let's take Darko out of it. You had right. three mm-hmm. Hall of Famers in the next four picks. But what's the delta? Right. You know, you, right. you if you have... There is no delta. No, You... you if you have the opportunity to get one of the five guys, you take one of the five guys and that's it. That's and, it. And you move on. Okay. Look,
1: they have the look, the Spurs have a long history, obviously. Storied history. They're not they're not in the great spot right now. And obviously that's why they have the number one pick. So the the risk reward, you take it. You take it. Whatever it is, you take it.
2: And you have to think about it also about roster construction and salary structure now. You've got control over you know the, kid, the kid's going to be an all-star by his second season probably and you know he'll be making rookie scale money and you're going to control him for seven years <laughs> totally is, is that how long yeah. it would be or well, is it? you know when he when they factor in his you know their bird rights and his restricted right. free agency right. like so it
0: goes from four know, to like seven gonna,
2: you're going to control this kid for a very long time yeah. and on a cross-controlled measure like from a roster, if you want to build around him now, I wouldn't be surprised. To, like, you've won the lottery. Right. right, the Spurs have a bunch of cap room. I wouldn't be and some some other assets that they can move if they wanted to fill out a roster in the next couple of years. You know, I I right. wouldn't expect to see the Spurs looking to tank and see what they hit in the lottery again. Next no, year.
0: they have a lot of cap space too. No, no. You
2: know?
1: so okay, that that answers <laughs> the question. I, look, I had to throw it out there. I had to see her. You know, play a little devil's advocate. But yes. I agree with all of that. All right, Matt. Two through whatever. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, this year's draft, you have it's it's a three-tier draft. It's one. Mm-hmm. Wimbledon, right. <laughs> tier right. Tier two. <laughs> yeah. Is, is you've got you've got Scoot and you've got Miller out of Alabama, and then you have everybody else. Yep. Yep. You know there are some consensus top ten picks. You know with the Thompson twins. Um, Cam Whitmore, though it seems like you've hear some rumors about him slipping a little bit. I mean, I like a Villanova guy. Same. So um, they seem to be doing well. Yeah, I'm a fan of his. Um, you know, and it's really wide open from there. You know, it seems like with the Pacers and the the Mavericks at ten, you, you maybe some size, Jarrett uh, Walker, Derek Lively, um, Taylor Hendricks, a UCF kid. And how often do you see that? Amazing, you know, in top ten picks. But really, after that, it's you've got like six, seven, eight interchangeable wing guys, and it's you know, what what's your flavor? What what are you looking for in your in your wing? Are you looking for shooting? Because you can see a guy like Rady Dick in a you know in the top ten. You can see the Mavs pick him up, and, you know, with one of their the Magic pick rather pick him up with one of their picks. You can see. Um, we
0: should hit- talk about the fact that there are like two or three teams, you know, I think Both. OKC, Orlando Magic, Utah Jazz, to name a few, that have three picks, you know, two, three picks in the first 40, 45 picks. And I think it's funny, those three teams, and, you know, and I, whether I don't know if Lonnie agrees with me or disagrees with me, but those three teams to me all have like real potential to get much better quickly. I think they have some pieces on their teams that, you know, start to show a lot of, you know, progress last season. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on OKC, Utah and Orlando and where they're going to go with this draft and and how you see them shaking out next season?
2: Well, I think you got to look. I think I look at two of them one way and the third a little differently. I think that Orlando and OKC are sort of ready to go, particularly Orlando in the east. They're so stacked with young talent right now. You know, you look at their front line; they're huge and skilled. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they could use some shooting, a little athleticism on the wing. But when you look at, you know, Carter and Bantero, you know, you, and, and Wagner. Wagner, you've got three guys who are near seven feet tall, who can all, you know, they're all really skilled. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with faults. Well, and I was just about <laughs> to ask you:
0: Are you right now of the mindset? Like amazing story, came back, found his shot. Or Orlando keeps on trusting him. Or you have the mindset Orlando's thinking, great story. We're gonna draft somebody to potentially replace you, and you know maybe not not count on you going forward.
2: I think I could see them drafting a replacement. I, I, I just don't think that I I agree. Great story. I'm glad he came back. It was one of the oddest stories ever, you know. And as a, a Sixers fan, Lon, mm-hmm. that had to be painful. Yeah, uh. yeah,
1: yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. yeah, Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I mean, it was could, part. could have been Jason Tatum and another first round pick. But, but, but it was part <laughs> of the process. So. Oh, my goodness.
1: I mean, we we went through this like during the playoffs. It's like, oh, my God, at every turn, the Sixers could have had so much. But yeah, that, that one hurt. That one hurt on the spot. Like right on the spot. I was like, w- w- what are we doing here? What's happening? Yeah, so well, or... I,
2: I was a Jason Tatum guy that year. I oh I God. thought he was going to be everything that Carmelo should have been. That he, free draft. That,
0: that he was never? Yeah.
2: No, oh, that he should have been.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you have to understand it's very, yes. very hard as a diehard Knicks fan to just talk about Carmelo Anthony in any other way but the fact that it, it just kills us. I didn't mean to pick at the scab. It's okay. It it it's, okay. Like... it's okay. It's um, okay. So you, you you were thinking for Orlando right now that, you know, if they wanted to go shooting, you thought maybe a Grady-Dick would be a, a solid a solid selection?
2: Well, I think that if they're looking at six, at, you know, they're, where is Orlando? Six and 11. So I think at six, you know, one of the Thompson twins, uh, Cam Whitmore maybe, um, you know, they have their size. I'd be looking at the perimeter. I don't think Grady-Dick will be there at 11 right. in all likelihood. Right, right. Um, there's also, you know, if you're looking for the shooters, you could go with the... Uh, a Jordan Hawkins from Yukon who also, you know, shot a great percentage at, you know, some decent volume there. I I I, I I'm a Kobe Bufkin guy. I liked him in I liked him at Michigan. Really? Yes. Okay. And you know, you when this process started, he seems to have done nothing but help himself because he was, you know, late teens, 20 projections. He shut down his his workouts. You know, rumor has it he's he's got a promise from somebody mm-hmm. that you know likes him, and I thought that you know that second half of the season he was on fire for them when they put the ball in his hands. He was really impressive, and so you know I wouldn't I don't think it would be too big of a reach if he were there for for the Magic at eleven. At eleven, I think, I think that would be an interesting pick.
0: So Magic grab one of the Thompson twins at six. And they grab a Buffkin at eleven, and you think that's like a winning—that's a winning first round for them.
2: Oh, I, of course. Who, I'm so curious to see. You know, the Thompson twins. You didn't get to watch a lot of them. You know, you're, no. you can no. only you can only take so much from you, a YouTube clip. So, you know, the issue that I have by all accounts, both ball handlers, both like extremely athletic. The knock is, is the shot gonna come around right. and? Well, I think they could use some athleticism and, you know, defense on the wings. Um, I think that would help them from a shooting standpoint. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Same thing with Cam Whitmore though. Is the shot gonna come right like Right. You right. can have this the magic could have the same conversation about him. It's, it's and that's ma- true of, of of basically anybody there.
1: To make or miss league. I mean you you have to have a shot in the NBA. So Orlando,
0: obviously you talked about how Orlando and OKC you think are in similar areas right now
2: Well, because i think they're both ready for the playoffs agree I, th- I think that utah is a longer process you know they were a nice story at the beginning of the year yeah i mean nobody saw that coming um and i mean the hull in the go bear trade which will go down as one of the worst trades <laughs> in the history of basketball for sure
0: and also by the way screwed like tons of other teams in terms of what they were asking for for their best player Oh, I mean,
2: it, it, it completely <laughs> skewed the market completely. Um, you know, it was a, it was a Danny Ainge special to be sure. Yep. Um, I don't think you'll see those types of deals going forward. I think that the new CBA is going to make it much more difficult for a team like Minnesota to push all their chips in for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I think that they have a longer road. You know, I liked uh, Walker Kessler, obviously, you know, he probably had a better year than Gobert. Right, a, he was the throwin'. That's unbelievable. Um, Laurie Markinen was a guy I always liked for the Heat when.
0: Uh, oh my God, he would have been incredible. When in the he heat. when he
2: ended up on Cleveland, I thought he would have been a great stretch four. Yeah, yeah. Next to Bam, I I would have loved to have seen the Heat <laughs> made make that move. I don't I don't think anybody saw this type of season coming from him. I just thought, from what you had seen on the bulls. And I thought it was at that time, it was kind of a buy low also a little, sure. little underwhelming the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, his explosions amazing. I'm a big fan of theirs, but of his, but I, I'm not sure, you know, when you look at the rest of the roster that which direction they're going in, and clearly, you know, they were burning it down. I was surprised at the trade deadline. They didn't sell off everything else. I think
0: a lot of people were, um,
2: Maybe the asking prices were just a little too high. Uh, From Danny, pop,
0: <laughs> quite possibly.
2: So, uh, but I don't, I don't like. I, I think OKC is in the playoffs this year. You Agree. Know, I think the Magic are going to be at least a play-in team this year.
0: Who'd you like to see OKC grab?
2: I don't. You know, OKC is on such a great trajectory. I don't know that they consolidate yet. You know, you've got SGA, Giddy, they'll have to pay soon, what, he's a year away, mm-hmm. maybe from extension. Yep. And he's only getting better. You know, you've got, Chet's going to come back. You have to You have to be impressed with what they've done. Um, you know, there are some interesting, tra- I mean, the thing, they, they don't need any equity. I was listening, who was this in KOC? Or somebody talking about maybe a Lou Dort trading him out. For another draft pick in this year's draft, but (laughs) it's maybe um, maybe the Pacers or somebody who could use like a solid three that you know would fit that mold. I, I would be surprised. I think Presti has you know built through the draft historically, and they've drafted very well, incredible, and so. I I would be shocked to see them consolidate assets for a another player at this point. I could see. I mean, I'd like to see that. Maybe there's a if there's a guy that they like, and they want to move up in the draft. I mean, they have all the equity in the world. Pick pick your player. Who do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, you want an, one extra first round pick. You want two extra yeah. first round picks. What do right.
0: they They have thirty picks.
2: Well, they have seventeen over the next seventeen firsts or something. Right. Seventeen firsts, right? First. first. Yeah. Okay. You know, over the next like six or seven years, it's 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 pretty impressive.
1: I've seen a team screw that up before, though. <laughs> uh, no, but Sam Presti has a has an incredible. He's track. got a better
2: better track record.
1: Yeah, no, slightly than
2: uh, Hinky, and then Colangelo. Caland- oh, I can't even say his name. Um, well, he doesn't intentionally draft um, injured players to sit there for another <laughs> couple of years and end up at the top of the draft again and again. Right,
1: exactly. It's it's incredible. Let me ask you a question about yeah. You know, there's there's obviously so much, so many different storylines in this draft, but what about like it's? I don't want to say established, but there seems to be a lot of players who were first team All Americans or took their team to the Final Four, either last year or this year, like the Isaiah Wongs, like the uh, Trace Jacksons, the, um, you know, from UCLA, Jaime Juarez. Like, those guys have proven themselves. Well, Trace Jackson, not as much, but he was the first team All-American this year. They seem to be very low in the draft. Is there a, really a reason? I mean, they're all different, but could could some of these just some of these guys just come in and play next year? Maybe quicker than some of the the guys who may have possibly a higher ceiling, higher up in the draft.
2: No, I think that's certainly. I mean, when you're talking to a, ga- a guy like Jaimez, who's you know, right, he's a four year guy, he, he he can plug and play, right? You know, during the regular season, is he going to be in your playoff rotation? I don't know. I don't know, right? But you know, the draft is about upside. It always has been. You know, it's it's swing for the fences, and mm-hmm. you know, if you look at certain teams like. I see him going to an, uh, a playoff team. Right? right. You know, thinks that they can use a rotation guy. Right. But if you're swinging for the fences, right, right. I don't think he's your pick.
1: Got it. it, it right. So look, they're, they're a little bit later, possibly for a reason. Like the teams that we were just watching the last month or so, you could probably put them in the rotation at different points.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, Christian Braun, with, uh, Brown. Brown, sorry. yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great example. You know, Mm -hmm. late first round pick. He was picked, I think, 27th or something. It's great.
1: Played on Kansas championship team. Yeah.
2: Showed he could do
0: it. But it's funny. When you watched him play, though, even during the regular season, you could sort of tell he carries himself differently. He just did. He carried himself like somebody who's learning the system, knows his role, took the minutes when he got him, never said a word. And then when given the opportunity, I feel like he played, you know, if if that's how every rookie plays in the finals, I think you're in, you're in good shape.
2: Oh, well, he had that, he had incredible energy, like he just and he, strength. He was nonstop and he, strength. You know, he's not a, a great point. He's not somebody who you're waiting to fill into their body, right? Which is right, right. When you're drafting an 18-year-old <laughs> and a 19-year-old, you're right. normally a year or two away from 100. Th- percent. That's a great them point. Being able to hold their their own.
1: But we talk about this a lot. In that, yeah, I, I get it. Swing for the fences. It's like you know. a, a a low-valued stock that you you know you see you know a real catalyst for in the future. But if you think back, like if you think about a lot of players that were picked, who had experience on like the Kansas on the Villanovas, who are just really really solid NBA players. It was like Jalen Brunson, for example, right? Took him a little bit of time, but it's like that guy won a national championship at Villanova, running the point. Like you could see very clearly, like that guy has confidence. He wasn't, you know. The Mikael Bridges, the Browns, you know, guys who have played like in the moment who are just dependable in a good system. It's like I feel like there's a lot of guys like that that are really low projected in this draft where it's like even one of these teams that like barely made the playoffs, like they could really add some real value.
2: I I think you are you looking for a rotation player? Uh, Yeah. No, it's a good. It's a great point. That's the question. Or are you looking for potential.
1: Right, but Mikhail Bridges, for example, right? He's the 10th pick. Sixers were like, okay, we'll, we'll keep him for like an hour. And then they pass him off to the Suns. It's like you could see some stuff with Mikhail Bridges. He's he's probably going to be an all-star next year. No,
0: well, He's definitely going to be an all-star.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's just the two-way, and it's not just like a plug-and-play guy. It's like he was drafted 10th, and there's a lot of guys drafted a- ahead of him, where it's like, oh, the potential is higher. But it's like, that just seemed like a pretty obvious, like, he's going to be He's a rotational player on the Suns, right? Like, I mean, he was a starter, but he ended up, you know, you could see where he could really become something really great. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that's, that's the beauty of the draft. That's the science behind it all.
2: No, and uh, You know what? There are guys who go late, and every year you're going to see that there's going to be somebody outside the lottery who's going to end up being an all-star. Right. Like someone that everybody whiffed on along the way. Yep. In always. Game, I mean, always, it, right. Always. It happens. Every That's part game. of the fun, though. Yes. Right?
0: It's the guy that gets totally ignored that gets picked, you know, 34th, you know, 28th, 32nd, 41st.
2: Yeah. The right. league is littered with all NBA guys, Draymond Green, a yeah, 100%. Like
1: who, 100%. But, who, but the interesting thing is, like, a Draymond, some of they all played for top level schools. No, I. And, and, like, teams that were, like, won.
2: No, and I'm with you. And there have been guys over the years that I was. That were big I was big fans of that you saw fall like even in recent years, like I was, I love Desmond Bain. Like yeah. I, I'm and so, I was jumping up and down. I wanted the heat like to, to grab Desmond Bane great great player. You just brought yeah. up
0: the guy that was gonna lead to my next question, which is Juwan Howard's son Jet is projected to go like, you know, late teens, early twenties, six eight frame. The equivalent player they say he looks like or would compare him to is Desmond Bain.
2: I see the Desmond Bain comp. Um, I I get Tim Hardaway Jr. vibes a little bit. Mm.
0: Um, I think I'm gonna should. leave the pot at the moment then. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
2: Well, no, I, you know, I he can he can score. He Let can me shoot.
0: Cross out Jet's name. Sorry.
2: <laughs> he can football I'm not sure he is as much of a playmaker. That's why you know, I I tend to see the, the mm-hmm. Hardaway Jr in him a little bit more. Um, I wondered if the heat connection, if they would see him, um, as somebody, but again, like I said, I'm a big Buffkin fan, Mm -hmm. you know, when they put the ball in his hands, took it out of jets a little bit, you saw them sort of take off a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think that jet have he'll fill a role and I think he'll be a solid rotational player. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll have to get a little bit better on defense. And, you know, I don't know if the playmaking is there to Mm -hmm. be like an all-star level player, but I think he's a guy, I think he's, you know, could be a, you know, 12 to 15 point a night guy. Funny what,
0: funny they're both, you know, Buffkin sophomore, Jet freshman. So just interesting when you start to talk about, you know, what's the, um, you know, what's the runway look like for these guys, you know, when they're 18, 19, you're going to have to give them a little bit more runway versus when you're drafting a junior or senior from a top-notch program.
1: Right, absolutely. So we have a foreign player who's going to be drafted number one. He's going to be drafted number one. Three of the top five players in the NBA, I think not even in argument, are foreign. Is there anyone in this draft who could be something special outside of uh, the obvious one?
2: Well, his teammate is actually beginning a lot of buzz. Maybe as a oh, potential loss right. pick that's and right that's sort of coming out of nowhere right you know right it's that's only it's only been the last month that you've seen him or maybe, less maybe two three weeks in but there's been a steady theoretical climb in the mocks um you know very athletic right. around not a finished product by any stretch um, so I'm not sure what I was most fascinated by in this year's draft is how far a way we've come from how how much college has been diminished yes because mm. you're looking at to, mm-hmm. let, let's go through the top you know projected picks here 100 percent at number one foreign player number two g league number three you've got a college guy but then you've got you know the thompson twins you're looking it's five your top five so the g league yeah it's really interesting to me to to watch these players take these alternative routes. And right. I wonder how much more you'll see of that. Because it's obviously not hindering people's draft prospects. I
0: think it's a really good point. So I mean, by the way, six and seven projected are both freshmen. So Well,
2: I mean that you know, we've they've the draft is always skewed young. You know. Yes. I mean, you, you think about people used to go to the Portsmouth Invitational. Right. You know, for upperclassmen. I don't think I've heard anybody mention Portsmouth in five years.
1: No, so <laughs> no, no. right. That's it's a very interesting. Do, do you think the NBA starts to waver a little bit on their, you know, the one year? or What is it? Twenty age twenty till you come in the league.
2: Well, it's one year removed, and I don't know. You know, there was talk about rolling it back. Not well. That's know, that's what I'm like saying.
1: Like, rolling it back, like like possibly for a certain player's son, uh, but, he, but I guess he's playing college basketball. I, 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 I started hearing a little more of that conversation last
2: year. I, I don't, I'm not sure that uh, rhymes with blames. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sure that he justifies the change. No, no, he a prospect. No, no, uh, but, but.
1: <laughs> but, but, but I knew the conversation was coming down the pipeline last year a little bit more because they, you know, they're saying, you know, somebody with a little bit of power in the NBA could possibly move that. So it became a conversation again. And just looking at what the makeup is now and what the different avenues are, it's like, and, and given where the NCAA is also.
0: Listen, I, I think that, you know, Matt, you you track the draft probably closer than anybody I know personally, uh, which is why we're speaking to you about this. But I think the point you just made about looking at the top five, talking about the importance of college basketball and, you know, is it changing and is it going to continue to change? And I'm not saying for the better or the worse because it's TBD. And I think it's you know it's really. But I'm starting to look at you know as you said the entire first round projections right now. There are, there's almost nobody that's a junior, at all.
2: No, very few upperclassmen.
0: I mean, at all. So I guess if you're the if you're OKC, and you have 17 first round picks over the next seven years, some, something silly like that at what point does Presti or other guys like Ainge, who just accumulated a boatload on the Gobert trade, et cetera, I'm assuming, and the Nets, who, you know, whether you disagree or agree, got quite a haul for Durant, in addition to getting basically starting players, got four or five first-round picks. At what point do you start to take those first-round picks and package them to get your rotational players?
2: Well, you know, if the, let's say the Nets make a move for Dame, Dame's put on, then you're going to see the rest of those assets go out the door pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <yep>. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, True. whatever was left in the cupboard will be spent. Will be gone. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a team like OKC, they take their time. I I, I, I said earlier, I think you could see Presty consolidate picks to move up if he wants to get a guy, if there's somebody that he has eyed. And even Danny Ainge, you know, well, well, as a Heat fan, I kind of wish they would have taken the deal in retrospect. You know, he was throwing the three, Winslow, the three, Winslow trade, three, four first round picks on the table for Justice Winslow. Um, now, I going into that draft, I was a huge Booker guy. I didn't think Winslow would be there, and you know, I, I was totally sucked in as well. I, I felt like it was watching Karan Butler fall to the Heat all over again, and I was, I, I remember I, we all watched that together. One, when... I, I was just as happy as, as everybody else was. Um, thought that story would have a happier ending, but in retrospect, you look at what they could have gotten out of that. So, like my point being, Ainge isn't afraid to trade up, and I think that's how you'll see some of these assets moved. I, if your team in Utah or OKC, you're you're growing your team more more organically through the draft, and certainly the new CBA encourages that. Um, If you're trading for a star, it's going to be somebody on a long contract, and you know, because you have to lock that person in. You're not trading for a team, you know, somebody with a year left on their deal worrying about where they're going to go next.
1: Do you think Dwayne Wade on the Jazz holds that spot? I mean, he, he holds ownership for, you know, a number of reasons, but I feel like he's also there to possibly lure a star in.
2: I was convinced that he was a mole. Yeah, that that, okay. that he was there to send Donovan Mitchell to Miami. Okay, interesting. I mean, it was it was my interesting. own, you know, wishful thinking. Right. Well, I'm thinking like
1: him with Dame in in a way, or or somebody that Utah could possibly. And Danny Ainge isn't afraid to do things, but like, but yeah, I, I guess it's a little bit more stri- Around the edges, strategic with them.
2: Look, Dwayne was a great recruiter when he was here. Right. I don't know that he'll have the same level of success. Right. Pulling people to Utah. Right. I don't think he's even living there. I think it's just.
1: Oh, you want some ownership? Okay, cool. That seems to be a good, uh, good asset to own.
2: So. Right. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm curious. I think that it's going to be a pretty wild night. Um, where
0: are you going to watch it? Are we going to watch it together?
2: I was actually going to see if you guys wanted to get together for the, for the draft. I and think, I think we, should. Like we should. We're around. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. You know. Uh,
1: so, so where where are we ordering from?
0: That's a good question. We'll figure, we'll figure, out. figure out. that afterwards. So,
1: something bland. I was about to say grilled chicken <laughs> and rice. I think we established the menu really prior. Bland. Okay, good. Um, all right, cool. Anything else we want to cover? Any anything Matt you want to hit? Well, I
2: wanted to know like who do, you know, do you guys have any favorites? Like, you know, who who do you want to see? Like, I have a couple of guys like, you know, we were talking about it's a draft of wings basically. Yeah. Once you get out of the top 5, you know, do you have any personal favorites cuz it really is, you know, everything's in the eye of the beholder this year. So,
0: I mean, all signs are pointing to me saying something that everyone's going to hate, which would be, as a diehard Knick fan, I've got two centers, very different. I've got Mitchell Robinson, four for 60, very reasonable contract, great tradable asset. I've got Hartenstein tied up for one more year. Two different types of centers, which was great for us, actually, because when, when Mitchell Robinson wasn't you know clicking, you could put in the other guy and he would click better. But I'm... I'm oddly attracted to Derek Lively, and I mentioned this to you before the pod, I'm curious to get your thoughts on whether drafting like a Derek Lively, and then the Knicks packaging, you know, Robinson and I don't know, OB or Quickly for, you know, clearly the Knicks need a a little bit more consistent guaranteed scoring, uh, or at least a, a three and D guy to really hit that three on a over 40 percentage basis. I think the Knicks really need that. What are your thoughts on Lively and what they should do?
2: Well, I'm not sure. I don't know that you're getting a score with Lively yet. No, no, no. Like you're, not get, you're, you're not getting that's a not score. What you're looking for. No, I'm talking about you're just though looking for cheaper rebounding and shot blocking. That's exactly right. I guess Lively's projected. You know, I've seen him as high as 10 or 11. I don't think Robinson's gonna get you there. When you look at the teams around that range. I don't know that there's a team that would make that deal. You know, I don't see the Magic at 11 doing that. They certainly don't need it. I'm not sure he moves the needle for Dallas in that range. So,
0: well, I think the Knicks and Dallas have an awkward relationship at the moment, too.
2: <laughs> so, you know, when you think about trying to make that move, I I don't really have. To, I don't think that we we've, we've seen enough of Lively to really project what he's going to grow into. You know, he's mm-hmm. so young. He was a you know, his stats were. You know, he was like a five and five guy. I don't think, I I also don't think that playing center for Duke is going to show necessarily what you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. So, I mean, I like him. I'm not, I don't think I'm super high on him um, because I just think to be really effective now, you're going to have to show the ability to step outside and spread the floor a little more, which is where if I were the Knicks... Yeah, you have two centers that play differently, but I would be looking for more of a floor spacer. Yeah, you know, a five-out guy, and I'm not sure he's that. Lively's a a five-out center in the NBA.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I do think that the Knicks do have uh, a unique situation. To if they wanted to get somebody in the top ten, they have the they have the assets to do it. They do have the assets to do it. So it'll be curious. You know, again, we don't, we have no draft pick this year because the Mavericks decided to tank, and, you know, that was awesome. So, uh, you know, thank you to Mark Cuban and, and company.
1: By the way, that's so amazing, too. Like, I was saying, like, isn't it amazing that the Miami Heat, a number eight seed, made it to the NBA Finals, and and uh what's it called? The Mavericks were like, you know what? We're good. We don't need to be in the playoffs. It's fine. But it's like, that's that was what was amazing this year in the playoffs. And, and going forward, it's like, there's a lot of parity now. Like, that's, you can't just, like, I get it, the draft, like, all that, but, like, if you have a Luca and a Kyrie on your team, all you needed them to do is play well for a month or two. That's it, and be on the floor. Was, that was like the craziest thing in my mind.
2: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you look. I mean, you had Phoenix take two games off of Denver, right? Because they had two guys who would go off for eighty points together. That's the thing. Yeah. So does Dallas. Right. You know. I think,
1: da- I think Dallas has a little bit more too.
2: So, uh,
0: but I would say the player that I would like if the Knicks could get him. Would be Isaiah Wong. Well, That's I mean, who I'd want.
2: Sh- I mean, I think he's a second rounder, um, <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, it's possible he goes undrafted.
0: Do you really? You really think he goes undrafted? I
2: think it's possible. I, I think that. I like he- Miller more than him. See, and he's another one. I would hope well, that. I, I hope that Miller goes undrafted, yeah. and I hope he ends up in the like. Yeah. He's a well, heat guy. He's a heat he's guy. A hundred percent. He is so, a heat guy. You know.
0: He's probably already under contract. Well, I with mean, Pat Riley,
2: you have guys. Who, when you get to that, you know, forty-five to sixty range, you're gonna have agents waving teams off. No, no, don't take my guy. He's got to go somewhere else. So I've got the, you know, that's I interesting. Take him somewhere. So, you know, I'm sure that there are people who, you know, want to get their players to Miami because yeah. the undrafted guys they turn into players. These guys get paid. Um, but I think that if the Knicks had somebody that they liked, I'm sure they could find a way to get into the second round if they wanted to. Yeah, badly enough.
1: So I'll talk about – I, I kind of have two teams. Um, one just drives me insane. So I'll <laughs> talk about the first one, the Heat. Um, I like Trace Jackson. I think I think he could be helpful for the Heat just from a, a size and skill standpoint. I, I, I think that was the big – the Heat shot incredible in the playoffs, and they had Jimmy Butler doing magical stuff, and they had a lot of guys step up to do things that – probably weren't even on anyone's scouting reports but i do do think they need a little bit more more skill size so i would like that for the heat i think he probably would be available um but
2: yeah i haven't seen him go ahead of the heat in any of the mocks so yeah
1: yeah but But it only
2: takes one right but
1: i like him though and look i did go to iu in full disclosure so (laughs) so that's a little biased i'll admit it uh the sixers i have no comment i i it just depends on if anyone's, like, healthy to play, especially Embiid, if he doesn't get hurt. Harden, I, I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. We, we have a new coach. I, I don't think the draft is going to – we've talked about the draft in the Sixers long enough that the draft isn't going to do it for us. So it's going to be something
2: else.
0: Wait, so, Matt, so, look, give us, give us who would you like the Heat to get and, and who would yeah. you like to – you know, and, and give us a couple, like, random predictions. Uh,
2: I mean, there are a few guys I'd love to see fall to the Heat. I do just- <coughs> I'm skeptical, but somebody, somebody falls every time, you know, uh, I was pulling for Maxie to fall to the heat and the heat passed on him. Um, I think this year I, like I said, a big Buffkin fan. I think somebody, you know, I mean, Grady Dick would be a good replacement for Struess, Right. If, right. If that were to materialize, I think that would be great. Um, you have some weird guys, like, I don't know how I feel about Sensabaugh, you know, guy could clearly score in, in college. I'm not sure that he can do much else, and I'm not sure how he would fit in right. on the Heat. Um, you know, maybe somebody like Nick Smith Jr., you know, he highly touted in high school, kind of an injury-marred um, first season, but somebody who the Heat could, you know, make a reclamation project out of and, I don't know. Um,
0: what about their pick from last year? Do you see him playing a role? Jo- Jokic, right?
2: Yeah, Jovic. I, uh, Jovic. I I thought that he showed some signs early in the year when he got some playing time. They shut him down with the back. The back clearly did not keep him out of the weight room. Right. I mean, I don't know if you if you caught any of him like in the in the layup lines. But the kid, He's a lot bigger. The the kid looked like he put on thirty pounds of muscle. Yeah, I know yeah. that yeah. They,
0: he facetimes with Braun on Denver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So. I know I think, you know, the Heat's, the Heat's roster is going to have some turnover. But I also think that they, they have guys sort of already situated to take up some minutes. Because I don't think you're going to see Struess and Vincent back. I, I just don't see You think it, they're both gone? No, I think you I think you got to pick. I think Vincent would be the priority. I agree. Um, just a
1: good solid point guard. Yeah, I think yeah.
2: that I think he showed a lot and I just think Struess, as much as I like him, I, I do, I'm a fan, yeah, that his skill set is easier to find elsewhere. Agree. And you know, the guy the he'd have, you know, guys like Jamal Kane, you know, they have mm. a yogurt so you're gonna see guys, I think, get an opportunity just yeah. that's what they he'd do, you yeah. know. Come up they, in the they, system. They they move you through your two way, you get your guarantee. <laughs> right. And then, you know, yeah you're on the stage and you get paid and you, yeah. you get your shot.
1: And players are excited when they go to the heat now. I mean, especially I mean, if if there was ever a recruiting tour, this playoffs Amen. was like, Oh my God. You're just like I, I, I could I could do anything in the league now if I'm here. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know,
2: they kept talking about the undrafted guys, the undrafted guys. Jimmy was what? The last pick in the first round? Right. You know? Right. Bam was the, the last pick in the lottery. The size yeah. of the
0: chip on their collective shoulders is, like, know, the, is like remarkable.
1: It's unbelievable.
2: You know, I, I, that's why uh, you look at the draft and part of the thing, it's so situational, you know, how successful some of these kids are you know you have teams
0: that might be one of the more profound statements on this pod so 100%. far
2: well you look at you know you look at a team like sacramento that i mean yes they had a fantastic year last year and it was fun to watch them but they were in the top 10 for how many years and they kept missing is missing is it because they suck at evaluating talent or is part of it that they're the culture didn't know how to develop players right you know correct so you know i i I give the Heat the benefit of the doubt because I I'll be honest, you know, when I was I was at the draft when they drafted Hero, I, I flew up. It was like a boys' weekend. I thought it'd be fun to go. A couple of law school buddies we would go. And they drafted Hero and I was just like groaning. Like I <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 I won at that I think at that point in the draft I was I was hoping for PJ Washington, who I would still love to see on the Heat. If, right, you know. Mm-hmm. I think Charlotte will end up paying him, but I thought he would be a good good, heat good guy fit, next to good him fit. you know so i don't know anything i you know i i i think i have the guys i've liked have typically done well but i've had lower opinions of guys who have turned into studs you know in the right situations mm-hmm. um, right and at this point i give the heat the benefit of the doubt and if, totally you know they clearly have the eye they they're their their hit percentage is pretty high.
1: That's the thing is like when the Heat draft somebody on Thursday night, you're gonna say, okay, I, I can now see where they fit, even if they weren't even in your situation. You're like, okay, that's interesting. Well, it's you, probably you, you, you it's probably them. gonna you work. Trust yeah, you trust probably, them? it's amazing. It's really like just amazing what the Miami happened, have done.
2: That's happened with the Spurs too. You know, right. you know, and they've hit on a lot, but mm-hmm. when they missed, you're like, oh, well, okay. Right, 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 <laughs> right. right. You shrug that off. It's right. True.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. So, I think we covered a lot today. This is great. R- really it. great. Appreciate you joining us, Matt. Your knowledge is is tremendous. We we really enjoyed having you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making the time. We appreciate it.
0: We may I, have to have you on again.
2: I, I I appreciate you having me. Let me know when you're going to go live stream. Okay. For uh for you know a draft night. Okay. I'll be
1: no, there. no no. Sounds you got good. It. We'll do it soon. Anyway, from the dudes at Davey, we'll uh we'll talk to you soon. Be well.